0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, that's right, anatomy of a movie is the latest thing to hit the internet craze Uh, maybe, but perhaps not as much as Nerve Which is the movie that we're going to be talking about today, so stay tuned
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews Popcorn Talk, we talk movies And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie Ah,
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Nerve, the emma roberts dave franco movie that just recently came out um we have marissa Serafini on the panel hello everyone and we have jeff graham returning from a hiatus on anatomy
2: yeah i feel like i'm like a pokemon and that i'm kind of rare but my anatomy appearances are like really awesome
0: (laughs) very good um well uh for those who joining us for the first time let's get a couple things Uh, Out of the way, as we say, house cleaning rule or housekeeping things. Uh, Number one, we assume that you've seen the movie, so it is very spoiler filled. Second, uh, you can download our rundown in the the description, it has the link. You can download it so that way you can follow along and see all the things that we were able to find and and read some of the articles and whatnot. And then third, just have fun. Always. Mm That's it. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the movie from a story perspective and a production uh, aspect, so you'll get all those various things. Um, but we always start with quick thoughts. So, Marissa, quick thoughts on Nerve?
1: I thought it was a movie definitely for today's age. Um, for, I think the younger demographic would definitely enjoy this film. The older demographic would not. Uh, visually it looked cool i liked the chemistry between emma roberts and dave franco i think that was actually fun to watch the situations were fun and they were high stakes they, and never lost my attention which i'll give it that for being i think they know what demographic they were catering to and like what would appeal to those watchers and keep their interest throughout the whole film it definitely did that and you know what? overall i thoroughly enjoyed this film
2: Yeah, I um, really liked it, too. I think part of the reason we're probably doing it is because I came into the studio after I'd seen it. It was like, guys, I saw this kind of mid-budget teen thriller called Nerve, and I loved it. Um, And, you know, I can acknowledge that it wasn't a perfect movie. um, But I thought, you know, it was really fun. I thought it was uh, the kind of movie that on premise alone has a lot of strengths. Um, Again, I was very charmed by the leads, as Marissa said. And um, it kind of reminded me of, like, the kind of teen thrillers we would see in the 90s. I just feel like this, like, mid-budget PG-13, like, tonally specific, targeted movie doesn't really happen much. So I think just to be out of a franchise, be into a mid-budget movie, that was enough for me to really enjoy it. And then beyond that, I thought it was a pretty fun movie.
0: Well, in all honesty, it was either this or Nine Lives. And I said, hell no to Nine (laughs) nine Lives. (laughs) But... Uh, After I had actually seen Nerve, you know what? I got to say, I I enjoyed it. This was – I could see someone making this app, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it does come at a good time. Uh, It it certainly tries to make certain judgments and offer up its own opinion rather than just uh, judge these things. Uh, And and I think overall it succeeds at that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes down to whether or not you agree with it. And, you know, if you don't, then I don't think you're going to find it enjoyable. And, you know, some of the older people, I think, uh, you know, they might obviously, they they perhaps like a movie like this in the sense that they want it to be didactic. However, um, you know, they might not be ready for it mm-hmm. in the sense that well, I, I did like there was a fine balance between cinematography in the sense of, you know, uh, what we're used to in cinema, but also having also a first person viewpoint meaning the the cell phones and whatnot um and unlike let's say like a movie like unfriended which was all just done through like a skype window um and that was gimmicky in that way i like the balance because Mm -hmm. if it was all just cell phone crap i would have been like turn this off
2: agreed Mm -hmm. i thought it was a really nice balance and um i think we'll get into it but part of that owes to the direction and um i took a couple of issues with some of the um First-person cell phone shots, and I'll get into why specifically when we get there, but yeah, I think th- this movie could have been really bad. I think there's a lot of ways this movie could have crumbled, and for the most part, it really stood up to what it was trying to do, and I think it
0: worked. I really think this movie worked, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, give, I give a lot of credit, as you guys mentioned, to, to the leads. I thought everyone did a really good job, mm-hmm. um, including um, discount Leighton Meester. Uh, who Who's
1: not Leighton Meester. Uh,
0: what's her name?
1: think of the
2: Sydney character
0: Emily Mead. Mead.
1: Emily Mead, who's oh, not Leighton Meester.
0: I know, I thought she did great, but I just, uh, that, my nickname for her is Discount Leighton Meester. <laughs> and I mean that oh, in the best <laughs> of Discount.
1: so terrible.
0: <laughs> she's like a Because I was like, wait, is Leighton Meester in the movie? <laughs> and then I was like, well, that's not quite
2: Leeton Meester, yeah. is it? That's fine. You know what? She's doing all right. I think she'll, she'll take it. <laughs> okay.
0: I mean that in the best of ways. Emily you, Marissa you know, seething at the other end of the like, panel. No, because
1: <laughs> Leighton Meester is a great actress and very talented person. And the fact that, like, um, I, I think that was not. It's not. I mean, you yeah, know, and and, you and so agree. is she. Yeah.
0: So is she. And they have similar looks. It's that Leighton Meester had. You know, she demands a lot of money. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. because of her status versus Emily. Anyway, we digress. Um, let's talk about the development of this. Uh, It was a book back in 2012 by Janine Ryan. Have you guys read this?
1: No. Actually, I have not. And I learned after the fact that this movie was based on a book. And to think about it, I mean, today's society how technology evolves so fast. I think that's why this movie worked, because it goes with our technology. Thinking that this book dated now, putting timestamp on this show, like four years ago, this book was kind of ahead of its time, if you think about it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yes, true. and I mean, believe it, so, so, social media at this point has been around quite a bit.
1: I think the intensity, though,
2: of social media and the immediacy has definitely been ramped up. I mean, like we'll get into it again; I don't want to get ahead, but like the whole Periscope thing. Like, I think the the social media world four years ago looked pretty different than it does now.
0: So I can I, see. I agree there. I mean, you have Facebook Live now. You have Periscope, um, Mirrorcat, and all that. And in fact, they. Um um, Henry Juice and uh, Ariel Shulman, they they did say like it, th- this movie came out at a good time mm-hmm. because that's when Periscope did come out right around the time that they were in pre-production. Um, I agree. And in, in terms of the book, I, I, I read the first couple of chapters and whatnot, and uh, it, it hugely differs from the movie. To mm. be honest, um, like it opens up with uh, with her. And Sydney being best friends and they're kind of putting on a plate together and uh, the guy that she likes, um, you know, she can't talk to, but she knows that uh, the guy probably has an interest in Sydney. So it's very weird uh, Hmm. in that regard. And my biggest pet peeve is that it's written in first person. From V's perspective mm-hmm. Oh mm. Yeah uh, Well so pre- n- Not first per- it, It's written first person Which I, I don't think I don't think that's what hinders it But it's also present tense Which I think limits oh, you very, I get on my having-
2: computer And I open my application to CalArts And I see that I haven't gotten in Kind of thing Yeah Cause
0: it It um, I, I, I think it's very telling Of like a first time writer type thing yeah. Only because it li- To me present tense really limits you uh-huh. Because then you can't bring in Past events Obviously Mm -hmm. it sounds like this was whoever thought to option this property as a movie sounds
2: smart because it sounds like the book might not be great but might be written very very well for a cinematic treatment Mm -hmm. and like i think that's i feel like if you see a book in present tense your thought might be like oh this might not work in the form of a novel but this would work great on screen um so i think that was whoever really had the insight to snag that property was smart i think
1: i think the book definitely had the interesting creative concept of like mm-hmm. hey this is an awesome you know thing that we could take out and actually build upon it therefore show it in a movie so it, the concept is definitely there mm-hmm.
0: and Lionsgate you know that they're kind of known for that obviously did Hunger Games they're doing um uh, the the Divergent the series and whatnot. So this is right up their wheelhouse.
2: The virgin se-
0: divergent, divergent, <laughs> divergent. I thought you said the Divergent series. Yes, the Divergent series. So it's, it's a brand new thing coming. Bergman,
2: out. B- Bergman coming back to present the present.
0: Yes, a Divergent. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you know, and, and given given uh, Henry and Ariel's history as directors, this is right up their alley. You know, they they did Catfish, most famously, um, a little while ago. And so this is in that vein, except it's no longer a documentary. It's an actual cinematic experience, if you will.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'll give these creators is that they It feels like they know the trend of technology. Like, they know the direction it's heading, and, and they can ride that train and actually... Pretty much probably predict where it's going to be in another five years. With catfish, that was when technology was getting big, video and like Skype wasn't even really big at that time and whatnot, and like the dangers of what technology can do to society, they hit that first. And then every catfish became a trendy thing. People know what catfish is not, it's, it's a very mainstream thing. And I think with technology, they just know the trends, and like I'll give them that. A lot of people don't.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy though, the fact that. Uh, there's a whole TV show based on catfishing, and yet because and the whole the reason why it works is because it still happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the crazy part. It's it, it you know it's one thing to be uneducated, but the fact that we all know what catfishing is and and, and sort of know the various um, symptoms of it, and yet we a lot of us still fall victim to it is just crazy.
2: Yeah. But not surprising. Like, I feel like that was kind of the moralistic element of this movie is, like, we've been here before and we've seen it, and yet, mm-hmm. and yet. Like, we keep...
1: This hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened.
2: My fear is that this movie will actually prompt someone to develop this app. Like, I think it oh, was... like it's so happening. It's so... Yeah. I mean, like, the other credit I have to give to this movie is, like, we could say that it's this alternate reality movie... But it's not. Like, it was very grounded in something that I no, believe. Y-
0: you set up with a Venmo payment system. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not far away. <laughs> Ew, you're good. Because,
1: yeah. and what's also interesting about this app is that it takes all your already pre-known information from Facebook, from Twitter, uh-huh. like all these other pre-existing things that get your social media out there. So it's very scary, and it really hits close to home. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so ob- obviously a very good premise, and I think in the right... Um, hands uh and you know what this is maybe for later but in terms of the rating they wanted very specifically to be pg-13 mm-hmm. because that was their audience uh you know not necessarily like a, if, if if we don't hit that audience then we won't make our mark no it's like no we, we want to educate these people because they're the ones hit in most danger mm-hmm. with right. this uh and, and I, I agree with that sentiment i love it it's It's so rare to get a PG thirteen
2: movie nowadays. That's not. you have seen Suicide Squad. I was gonna say (laughs) all of these. Batman v Superman. All of these huge supermira. Like I feel like an outside of a franchise, we won't. We'll either see like a kids movie, like an original Pixar movie, or like uh, the Nice Guys or Money Monster. That's a hard R for adults. And I just missed the time when there was a lot of teen movies that existed outside of a franchise. So yeah, this was a throwback for me. There's something that feels kind of like, I'm going to go see Sausage Party soon, and I know that I'm just going to be inundated with so much raunchiness, which I don't mind, but it feels kind of good to go to a movie and like know that you're not going to see anything gratuitously pr- profane.
0: I did like Emma Roberts walking around, but that's Oh yeah,
2: good looking, good looking cast for sure. <laughs> that's
0: but, a whole separate story. But there's a
2: sense of innocence to a movie like this, which I, I like, because I think it's not fairly common existing outside of a
0: franchise. So let's talk about it. I mean, the innocence is most represented by V, Venus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, you know, she's she starts off as a watcher and then becomes a player. Indeed.
1: I only give her that because, you know, the way that they built this character and, and established her that, like, she was the more meager one, she had a lot of room to grow, and we'll eventually see her progression throughout the whole movie and, like, see where she goes with it. I think that was actually smart to start her so kind of like small, but then literally build upon that. And I think it was fun. And I think Emma Roberts did a great job of portraying something, someone who is believable. There are so many teenagers, whether it be girls or guys, with that kind of meek personality. Like they don't really know who they are. They're very insecure. They're teenagers. Teenagers teenagers are terrible. Um, But like it was very believable Mm -hmm. what you would find in high school.
2: Yeah, she had a nice little arc. Like, I think all these characters did. It's funny, I've been, some of the critics have been saying that they feel like these characters were a little one-dimensional or easy to peg or, like, not well arched Which I can see to a certain extent. But then I also think this is a movie in the story that takes place over 24 hours. We, we shouldn't expect there to be a huge, huge change in these characters. And I think we got enough of a change in V, for example, that I felt satisfied by the arc that we saw.
0: I mean, if there's any doubt In any person's mind That there's not an arc that This is a girl Who was Deathly afraid To ask out the guy That she was uh, You know In love with Interested in Whatever um, I don't want to say love Because I don't You know But Interested in At the very least And then uh, Has her You know She's riding around On a motorcycle While the dude's blindfolded And she tells him To gun it Knowing that there's A red light Mm-hmm yeah, you could say that's a bad change, but it's definitely a change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: You saw her go from zero to 60. Fun intended. Literally. And
0: then, you know what? Again, so that, that that's kind of like the worst of it, right, in that sense. And then she uses that sort of knowledge and knowing that she can take action... And then creates change in others. Oh yeah! <laughs> so it's not just her growing; it's it's her doing something about it and giving that the sense of empowerment to other people that you don't just have to be all watcher or player. You can actually enact good, meaningful change.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I liked that she was. Now I don't want to keep saying weak or meek or anything. That like she was believable to the point where when she did have her character growth she was strong enough to be the person to stand out against it mm-hmm. and have other people follow her in that way and she used her popularity for good
2: and her performance was great i'm admittedly not a huge emma roberts fan i feel like i haven't seen her a ton but i feel like she kind of gets pegged vacation
0: you not vacation was it um, Where the millers she was great oh that.
2: yeah she was good in that <laughs> you're right and um Scream Queens I like, but I feel like she can kind of get pegged into this, like, bitchy girl cheerleader stereotype, and there's elements of that in this performance, but I thought she gave kind of a believably naturalistic, kind of sweet, understated... I think all of the performances had kind of a sense of naturalism, and it's, again, in this world of these heightened superhero movies, I sort of like a movie where the performances feel like things I've seen, and, like, naturalistic, kind of... I Real believe
1: humans could do this. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I believe them as high schoolers too, which is saying a lot because I think
1: they're both older. <laughs> they're both at least well, 25. She, she's
0: 25, he's 31. Yeah.
2: So I think I could see them being in their late, late teens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, she, she said she didn't read the book beforehand, but much like we've been saying, after she read the script, she thought it was a great concept and not too far fetched, and hence why she got behind it. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, and. I do the thing with v um one of the things I liked uh and this just speaks to the greater part of the movie was when she comes back to the party where Sydney is, I thought it, at that point is going to be so one sided, but the fact that Sydney goes at her and actually has legitimate arguments and points to make against v I thought was really strong, mm hmm and because it could have just been one of those things okay well you were right this and that and that that's where it could have just uh the ball could have rolled out of balance as they say agreed none of these characters were
2: black or white i didn't think there was a gray tint to all of them i don't think any of them could be singled out as the antagonist or the protagonist the antagonist to me was the app you know Mm -hmm. that like the dark side of everyone you what did you see
0: no, no, that's you. You're the app.
2: Oh, exactly. Right, right, right. So, like, the the people, the Watchers, are really the antagonists in this movie, and they are the ones that shaded all of these characters, both for good and for bad, throughout different parts of the movie, so.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the, the teenage aspect, like, again, they, they really hit the youth, and I, I think they actually hit it well, because they were believable, they were realistic, and, like you said, Grey... That that teenagers were so complicated at mm-hmm. that age, and I, I felt that every single one of these characters. Granted, that, another thing that did piss me off at this film actually was that we did have those stereotypical characters that you're going to see in high school: the boyfriend that like you wanted, the the mean friend, the the friend that who wants to be more, but can never be that person you know we had all those people so i was like all right yeah this is high school it made it very believable though mm-hmm. because it does actually i, I would have
0: not that this was 100 percent necessary but it would have been interesting if they had someone older play kind of the game because to me it's not just a young thing you know there's plenty of people in their 30s even 40s uh we you know the whole notion of this is that we go on social media, and it, it's supposed to be a way to connect. But again, it, it just—it's not that social media is bad. It just depends how you view it and and use it, and the fact that it's become like the number of likes versus actual meaningful interactions, mm-hmm. or the number of views, so on so forth. That's what it's all about.
1: And the number of followers. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and and so You take a character like Sydney Again The fact that she's willing to Showcase her ass In front of everybody And at that point I think she has what 50 views mm-hmm. <laughs> Just in the hopes that Maybe she'll get to 100 Hopefully thousands
2: Come on Oh yeah That was a good way I'm glad they addressed The sexual component Of social media Because it's important And it's true But they did it in a way That they maintained Their PG-13 rating With the mooning hmm um, they could have had, I know there was a moment when the script had incorporated a, um, like watchers pushing Ian and V to do some sexy stuff, yeah, um, stayed away from that. but they stayed away from that. Um, uh, but they still managed to address the idea of using sexuality to, um, gain social media clout in a way that I thought was tasteful.
1: Yeah. And that's what I like watching this film. I remember thinking, I was like, I'm glad for a teenage film. I'm glad there wasn't actually sex in this mm-hmm. film. That wasn't a key component, and it I, it, it wouldn't added. It wasn't it wouldn't key, add
0: anything. but I think the the best way they handled it was through the text and the graphics, and because it's like the you know, we're so used to that periscope or whatever mm-hmm. the, the chat with the hearts, and it was just like you guys should fuck, you guys should take, take off, your off your clothes, clothes. yeah. <laughs> it was like no, I know, it's but how true? That. Like it's not about that. But I'm glad they incorporated it because
2: if we want this movie to be a mirror of what's true. That is the gross, seedy element of social media that all these watchers are pushing for. Yeah. You know?
1: Eggplant. And that's why they had
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. That's why they had their little hoodies. I did did like that. Um, And as the game progressed, uh, you know, I I, I love the whole notion of people kept following them around, and that became like the thing for them to do. Mm -hmm. That was their way of participating. Not just sitting behind, but like, oh, wow, there's the person. Boom. I can film them.
2: You mean going to see them in. Physically,
0: going to see them physically and where they would tape. You know, they would offer. You know, remember that movie Vantage Point? It was like Vantage Point, like pick your own, choose your own Mm. adventure as you watch these people.
2: You guys haven't seen Black Mirror on BBC, have you? No. Anyone listening, highly, highly recommended it, especially if you like the themes of social media's destruction and the dangers. I would recommend that show, but there's a specific episode that really tied into a lot of the themes of this movie. But it, it, that shows more for adults, I'd say. But um, I guess I'm just plugging Black Mirror. You should definitely watch that show if you like this movie. <laughs> or
0: wait until you're old enough to actually watch it.
2: That's true. If you're under the age of 17 years old, don't watch it. But <laughs>
0: it's good. Good stuff. Very good. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dave Franco. Talk uh-huh. about Dave Franco. Well, I, you know, I I think he's always been in the shadow of James Franco, his brother. His brother. Uh, but slowly but surely he's, he's sort of growing and I think he he is showcasing that he is different than his brother and the things that they have similar, they're both good actors Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad thing. Uh, and, and I, I really did enjoy him. He had that sort of sense of charisma and, um, it was great casting, uh, him against, uh, Tommy. Is that Machine Gun Kelly's character? No, no, no. No, Tommy, Tommy Tommy the friend.
1: Miles Heiser.
0: Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh and because you know obviously tommy you could just tell was just in love infatuated with v oh yeah and then here comes this like cool guy and boom just sweeps her off her feet
1: jealousy Mm -hmm. see and again you know it's that typical friend that wants to be more but can never be right um i was okay with that because whatever because it didn't go anywhere anyways um Okay, yeah, to your point, Phil, like, I I like James, and I, I like Dave, and I think Dave, we've covered a lot of his films more recently, and I think he's great in certain aspects. And uh, I believed him as the young, cool, hip guy who would be for this game and have fun, but he was also mysterious. <laughs> I was like, hey, catfishing could be involved with this. Like, who is this character? I, for the longest time, I thought he there was going to twist with his character that because it was so coincidental that he was reading her favorite book mm-hmm. that uh, he said the line, oh, this guy just gave it to me. I was like, no, no, no. There's too much mystery with this guy. He's more involved with this game and with V and setting all these Sith things up to be something that he might have been like the creator of it or like he's part of the whole grand scheme. Mm-hmm. And didn't turn out to be. I mean, like we... We'll learn more, but, like, we learn more about his character, but I really thought that he was going to be, like, the big ultimate bad guy at the end of it.
2: Yeah, he he was mysterious. His performance was kind of understated. He sort of reminds me of, like, a a Freddie Prince Jr. a little bit, like, kind Mm. of that um, charming, like, lead, kind of innocent, but you don't know. I mean, those are older, older movies, but... I love the um, 90s. No, yeah, for sure. And I kind of think this, in a way, harkened back to that when there were more teen movies. Um, But yeah, I thought his performance was, like, charming, and... I don't know, like, I think seeing this, like, meet-cute, this, like, high school romance meet-cute can feel so tired and familiar, but something about the way both Emma Roberts and Dave Franco played it was
0: strong, and, like, felt... Well, there's an innocence to her, and obviously, uh, even though he's not malicious about it, obviously, you know, he's playing into that with the book. Right, for sure. Um, What I... to me, it's interesting that Lionsgate was the was the company behind this because they did Hunger Games. And to me, this feels like a modern-day Hunger Games. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, uh, what, what you know, that movie had PETA and um, Katniss, Katniss, right? And Whereas Gale, here,
1: the triangle, you know.
0: There you go. Even more assimilated. And here you obviously have these guys, and they're in the, quote-unquote, the games. And everyone's watching them. And, and uh, the only way to win is death but they defy all odds. And- right, especially at the yeah, end. end, was end
2: it was very Hunger Games. You
1: gotta kill each other. Yes.
2: I have some thoughts about the ending, because I don't
1: know if I loved
2: it, but we'll get there. Ah, oh, wait, go ahead. Well, so You've I- opened <laughs> up that camera. I, didn- I mean, I want to save it until gun. we really jump in. I guess we're talking story right now. I sort of liked... The movie, to me, had this sense of rousing fun and didn't take itself too seriously. It did get a little preachy for me at the end. And I liked kind of where it was going, but... It just seemed like it switched from this tone of like enjoyable thriller to like very moralistic kind of didactic morality play.
0: And I don't well, know. how you think... Okay, to me, what would have been worse is if one of them did get shot. Oh, yeah. I'm really mm-hmm. glad no one actually died. And I thought... So I, I thought it was very clever. And to, I thought they played all their cars right. Because uh, it's obviously... Um, uh, what's, what's the kid's name? Ty? Uh, Ty? Uh, The Michael... Whatever. The Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. I think his name was Ty in the movie. Um, I I thought... that They set that up really well with Sydney and them exchanging phone numbers, so Mm -hmm. then she's able to call him, and we don't quite know why V said call from a payphone. Um, Yeah, I I thought it was just something different. It was surprising. It was surprising, and and as as I said earlier, if you're an audience member, especially younger, it, it sort of gives you a sense of power of like, okay... Here's the problem. While there may not be 100% a solution, you get to come up with it, and, and you have the power to enact certain change. Mm-hmm. And that's why, to me, like when they, they could have just shut down this entire thing, but instead of just shutting it down, which you know would have been stupid of like, oh, these kids, they're such good hackers that they shut it down. No. Instead, they let the people decide, and the people shut it down.
2: You're right, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. I think it felt like kind of a jarring tone shift to me. Um, but I guess good movies sometimes do that. I think I had trouble buying into this like Colosseum, and then it's like nerve and neon all over Gladiator. And, like, I know, and I know that there were like um, kind of allegorical implications to what was happening, but I I think I'm feeling it more now that you've sort of articulated the way you perceived it. I can yeah. s- sort of see it more, but I just. I kinda rolled my eyes when it when it was playing out when I saw the movie a little bit.
1: Oh no, you see, like I found it actually very believable because when it did get to the Coliseum that the film did a great job of building it up to a climactic scene as that end was. And it was like a modern day gladiator type of style. Because True. people you gotta remember, this did happen. People watch people kill each other for legit entertainment
0: we still watch ufc and boxing Yeah, exactly
1: but like gladiator style we actually got deaths and people enjoyed it and to get to that point again but with technology added it was really believable timely but i liked the fact that it was modern we had a strong woman actually talk about it and like Maybe you think it was a little too moralistic and preachy. I'm glad because it seemed with technology that can like disintegrate all like modern logistical thinking that people's like, hey, you guys, this is crazy. This is insane, crazy, psychotic, messed up. We need to get back to like just reality yeah. and not have this game that twists our minds and way of entertainment, how we socialize and want to destroy us because we're destroying each other. That's not right. So I liked the message that it portrayed at the end.
2: Nice. That was like a uh, very well presented <laughs> argument. I hear what you're saying.
0: To be fair, yeah. like it would it would have been didactic to say that the internet is bad. Mm-hmm. Instead, no. Like they they made a clear distinction. Like the internet's not bad. It's just what you make of it. Right. And this was a thing that was harnessed for evil. I did like
2: the inclusion of the dark web and these hackers. And I love, I don't know if y'all watch O-I-N-T-B. of course. But we got Samira Samira. Wiley, who I love. And we got Kimiko.
1: Yeah, she's not.
2: (laughs) You're not a fan. I loved her in this movie. I thought she was fun. She was
1: a typical Asian.
2: A little, the funny friend.
1: No. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say this because I'm Asian. She still did not represent a good, positive Asian Character yeah. in a film, especially like high school, you have teenagers which are already, you know, terrible to work with. But, like, just character, she did nothing, she's not memorable. The, she was a memorable face only because we know her from another show, right? And but again, as an actress, I'm rooting for her. I was like, Yay, another Asian person! But the characters she's choosing, they're the same over and over again, and they're not positive, fun Asian characters that represent. The Asian society in a good way, fair enough. And for Hollywood, that's always moving forward and always progressing. Still not well, any she progression.
0: Be a, she tell her to be a player instead of just a watcher. Yeah, that's true. There's
1: Still no progression for the Asian community in, in Hollywood. Character. Yeah,
2: yeah. I thought that she. I think she's a funny actress. I think she. I think she plays comedy in a way that is infrequent. Like I think. Mm. Eh, but I hear what you're saying, and I don't have
0: the grounds to speak on it from a personal perspective like you do. So. Yeah. Uh, I did think um, I did think Sydney did a good job And as Emily Mead mm-hmm. Not leading Meester says Before the the film <laughs> I didn't even have an Instagram I was completely anti-internet uh, And they had to explain to her All these various things And why it's important to um, you know, Utilize this especially in this industry And she kind of still refuses to this day yeah,
1: well, good. I mean, which I mean, that's also pretty ironic, considering her character was the one who started it. All, yeah, she really, was like the and, social like, media, the most invested in, like let it let it dictate her life right. and her decisions and her popularity, quote unquote. So I think that's actually pretty refreshing, because there are a, it's rare nowadays, but there are some people I meet a, on you know occasion that they're like, I don't have Facebook, I don't have X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, that's good. You're mm-hmm. still normal,
0: right. you know. Um, what did you guys think? I, I thought they set up the rules of the game well enough. Um, the only problem that I did have was, um, had anyone seen what happened in Seattle? Or like, oh, uh, I, the one thing in terms of believability, I guess, is that um, this game it seemed to surface in certain cities. So it was like in Seattle the first year. Now it was in you know New York, and uh, there was that disconnect of knowledge. Between the two, and so because I imagine if, if all the people in New York had seen the game, that that's the kind of part about it. Like with the internet and whatnot, it's such a global thing that to be able to contain it in that sort of realm was a little bit far fetched. But I, but once if you can get past that, I like the rules of the game in the sense that uh, you know they they built it up and it seems innocent enough. People don't know, okay, like oh go on a dance around in a in a coffee shop great do that and, and it just slowly escalates and then the narcissism like it's one thing like if you fail or fail fail or bail you lose all the money you've made so it's not like you're losing money
2: right mm-hmm.
0: um but how much that gets people mm-hmm. you know and that they want to win it's
2: gambling and like it's catering to base human desires i'm interested Phil, in what you were saying you were saying you had trouble buying into the fact that nerve would still exist after the tragedy
0: in seattle Kind of thing. Not that it would exist after but but that they kinda had knowledge of it, but not enough.
1: The exclusivity?
0: Yeah, like I, I would have been fine with them like, oh did you remember what happened in Seattle with nerve of like, no 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 that's just this made up story. I like, see that's, it, just, addressing that, that's just a dumb kid. You know? Yeah. Versus like it's it just seemed like they didn't have the full knowledge of that.
2: Yeah, or or it wasn't it's interesting because maybe from our perspective they actually did. But our eyes were kind of V's eyes. So maybe the idea is it was never revealed to us, even though all these users knew. And it's kind of like that gladiator mentality that Marissa's talking about. Like, if the myth or even the reality is that someone was killed playing Nerve, you know, our gross desires to see that happen again might be fueled by it kind of thing. Was what I was seeing, but... And it's the dark web, so, like, there is crazy stuff on the dark web. Like, that is a whole thing.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I kind of believe it, though. But, like, the fact that something could be started here... But it started off small, but got big later in a different. So it's like I am thinking, like just social media itself. Snapchat started a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it was literally nothing. But now, right now, it's the most popular thing. So, like I believe that it can start small here; only so many people know about it, but then it becomes trendy later. Right, it happens so often, and not just with apps, but with like everything, songs, fashion, whatever, movies, and yeah, whatnot. It, it, I, I actually believe, like I believe that.
0: Mm-hmm. um i did like the t- ticking time bomb that we had to get to the finale but in some ways it was like okay well how 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 did that kind of arbitrarily happen you know at yeah. what point did like like nerve happen was it just literally that morning um because we're introduced to it to, obviously by sydney
2: yeah i mean there was moments in this movie when i was like okay i'm really buying this and this i mean but it is a movie like, I'm okay suspending my disbelief. So, so movies shouldn't
0: be believable?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like with any art, dramatic art, there can be a suspension of disbelief if other components of the writing are working. Um, that's my personal opinion. I think some writers would disagree, but, like, some of the tougher questions to Is it answer... it's
0: possible to have not a personal opinion? <laughs> I, know, I guess that's true.
2: Um,
0: you redundant.
2: Yeah, I know. I guess that's redundant. But just the, <laughs> the idea of... Um, like, I can buy into certain things if, like logline enough or premise enough is working i'll suspend my disbelief for other
0: components of the writing i think oh.
2: mm.
0: yeah um all right well unless you guys have any other story elements why don't we move on to the production side of things
2: i think of anything else it was a tight script i think like for writers who are interested in like seeing a clean three-act structure this is a great example of like a well-written f- fast-paced i like that the movie this i mean this might get into editing too but It was,
0: what, 100 minutes? 136 with credits. So, I mean, very, very... Very good. Yeah, yeah. Very very solid in terms of using its time.
1: I like the writing aspect because the the three act tier that like it literally took us from place to place to place, Mm -hmm. and everywhere we go, it was building to and and getting to places that were way more dangerous and more gritty and whatnot to the actual Coliseum at the end. So well paced. It it literally took the audience all over New York, and we were following along the whole story.
2: And like one day movies like this can be boring. Like I think. It can be tough to sustain an interesting, fast-paced narrative over a 24-hour period, and this movie did it great, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: Well, Emma Roberts says that it gave her a whole new perspective on New York City hmm. because they kept just shooting, as the movie is, pretty much at nighttime, um, and a lot of their scenes are outdoors, um, especially on the motorcycle and whatnot, uh, which she, in terms of that stunt... They basically did that stunt. It wasn't Dave Franco. He had to learn how to ride a motorcycle, and he did for uh, many portions of it. But in terms of that stunt, it was an actual stunt guy with a helmet. Wow. Mm. (laughs) Just doing that. Uh, Kudos to you, Emma (laughs) Roberts, for going along with that. And kudos to you, stunt guy, for being anywhere near good enough to pull that off
2: i was wondering how they shot that when i saw it because i was like this looks good i was like i'm this looks like it's a practically affected shot like it looks like it's you know was actually shot so yeah Yeah. man, props
1: fortunately it was well lit in the in the streets that they were driving and whatnot and the the creators uh um chris trujillo you know we've done other movies with him too uh where he's done cinematography that uh, they got a lot of in- the inspiration from like Jason Bourne movies like those kind of action motorcycle car chase scenes hmm. type of action yeah and it, it felt like that my heart was racing watching okay. this I was like oh no thank you I would not Here's get the- on that motorcycle it's yeah, it, it,
0: it, it, uh, yeah it, was, it was really fun to watch and there's a weird part of you where you're watching and you're like oh that, that is scary as crap um, and that's the fun part of it okay what dare are they gonna do next and you get to enjoy it and then there's a part of you like, I would love to do that. Yeah. isn't And
1: that's nope. so
2: beautiful nope. because that's the thesis of the movie. It's like danger is addictive. Mm-hmm. And like we are the watchers. Like we want to shield our eyes, but we're like, what's we next? You know, away. like, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think uh, the directors would be happy to
0: know you felt that way because it's simulating the experience of these users. Where I got... Uh,
1: Adrenaline rush. Yeah.
0: Where I got, I was like, okay, hell no. It's like that where i would like to stop the game totally was it would be like climbing the the skyscraper. Crap. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like at least to me there's uh not i you know i'm not a statistician where i can say okay driving a motorcycle blindfolded is any safer than hanging off a skyscraper. But i don't know to me that just knowing the knowledge that there is that downfall Um, whereas at least with a bike, I'm somewhat more in control. Right. And again, I have no actual stats to prove which one's more dangerous than the other. The feeling though. I think
1: the setup with the skyscraper hanging was actually pretty smart because this is after the fact that we learned that someone died from hanging. And now that they're making him hang again, we're like, oh shit, we know what's going to happen. But unfortunately, and and I'm glad they they already built that up, that Mm -hmm. anticipation of what was to be expected. Smart.
0: do it one-handed for five seconds yeah. i liked how
1: we flip them off at the end i was like i would totally flip them off throughout the whole thing
2: <laughs> i will say we're talking cinematography right now as well mm-hmm. as production right
1: mm-hmm.
2: Here's one problem i had is that okay if i jump into it a... sure. so you were talking about the inserts with the cell phone mm-hmm. i thought these were pretty cool i was reminded when you talked about the hanging scene there were moments when we're using first person cell phone footage like on the ladder and all of a sudden we'll see two hands in the shot Or, like, there was a moment when Sydney was holding the phone, and then we see her first-person view, and she grabs the ladder with both of her hands. And I was kind of like, wait a minute. She's supposed to be holding the phone. How is this working?
1: So, like, the the switching from the cell phone perspective shot to, like, actual camera shot of a film.
2: Yeah, and there were times in the cell phone first-person view where we see two hands. Which was the one problem I was like, you've got to stick to the consistency of what, how it, the practicality of the shot would be
0: happening. Okay, but. From a practical standpoint, like the person doing the dare would probably, like that would be the world's worst <laughs> Boy, thing to watch. Die. No, not even die, but like th- that would probably be the worst footage to watch in the world. Yeah. Unless they had a GoPro on their head. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, what are you watching? I'm just watching the ground as their hand shakes as exactly. they climb across the ladder. Like, it's just weird.
1: I know they and had okay. to handle it. And I'm okay with that. The fact the, the that they had to switch back and forth, but like, we understood enough of what was going on. For sure. That we could just like infer that we're, everybody's watching.
2: Yeah. No, I hear you. I think it just kind of, and this, I'm being hypocritical, because just a minute ago I said suspension of disbelief is something I buy into with storytelling. I think I just had a moment when all of a sudden it was her view, and I see both of her hands, and I just started laughing
0: in the theater. I was like, wait, I, What? How did that happen? <laughs> you wanted her to die. You're like, you uh, should only have one hand because you're worried about your cell phone.
2: Yeah, no, I was just ready for Sydney to just careen 10 stories and just splat on the ground like the watchers. I'm
1: glad one cell phone got destroyed. I was like, they can't do all these stunts without yeah. doing some damage to some phone. And I'm glad one of them got yeah. destroyed. Okay, well, like, the most
0: right. unrealistic part was no one was like, hey, do you got a battery? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, true. true. <laughs> <laughs> you got an outlet, <laughs> you got like, a charger. <laughs>
1: it's like, you stream once on Periscope, I'm like... That takes up 30% of your battery.
2: Or the storage fall notification you get on your iPhone. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I was ready for that
0: to happen during the... Yeah, so that that part of it, uh, there's a big suspension of disbelief. Um, it, one of the hardest scenes for Emma and Dave to film, they said, well, it was the store scene. Even though it is fast and quick, uh, for them it was basically like a two-day shoot and everyone just in front of them and in their, in their undies. They were... Uh, yeah, they didn't like that as much.
2: Mm-hmm. It was a fun scene to watch, but I can see from a production standpoint, that would get tiresome.
1: Oh, for sure. For, I <laughs> for two full days, no, thank you. Uh,
0: yeah, I like watching it. At least they're, yeah, it's good sure looking. sure you did. Yeah. Uh, But it will, I also...
1: But you got to remember, like, the atmosphere that they're in. That's a very luxurious, over-the-top retail store. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not supposed to be running around in your underwear. Okay,
0: but, 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 but at least, like, if they're filming... It's under the the guise of, hey, we're filming a movie. So right. it's not like they're just. <laughs> they're not the characters of the movie. Yeah. Literally running around. I did like uh, how they set it up to make them not thieves. Because oh, it, it yeah. would have gone a deep, dark tone of, like, let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but instead it's like, well, let's just, just get out of there. It doesn't say we have to take the clothes.
2: Yeah, those were the charming moments of the movie when, like,. By doing that and escaping, the clothes were actually right there, and their reward was that they get to keep the clothes. Like, there were, those were the little nuggets where I was like, okay, that's kind of clever. Like, there, there's enough in this movie for me that's working and surprising to make this a fun movie.
1: Yeah, I liked at this point in movie it, it because they were playing a game. It was still a game. It was still for fun and entertainment. Yeah. and it wasn't for danger yet. Right.
0: No, but it had the hints where someone was messing with them. Right. Oh. Someone took mm-hmm. the clothes. But then, conversely, someone gave them clothes. So it's, yeah, it's that balance of it's not quite dangerous yet. But we're getting hints at it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did enjoy that. Um, Yeah, it was, was that that, that scene, (laughs) that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a lot of it on editing. But but very succinct overall um, and whatnot. Uh, You know, and i think they just told their story really well just utilize like i said between the the text graphics that came up Mm -hmm. um and part of it i'm sure changed you can't make a movie like this and not have it reflect like last minute Where like oh shoot now we're you know with the hearts that was obviously very periscope unless it's some other social media thing too that i don't know about
1: Mm, right
0: in the live chat um some I d- Facebook live.
1: Yeah, I think the the editing and pace of this film was definitely on point. Yeah. And because not once was I actually really bored or like checked my phone for a movie that was like purely phone-driven and whatnot, and, like, it kept my attention the whole time, and that's what I enjoyed, is, and we had, like, the different elements of everything that we're already familiar with, like, Facebook and apps and streaming and the internet and the socialization and even parties and friends and whatnot, so, like, there were so many elements that just kept my attention, and for that, I applaud them.
2: hmm Yeah, it was well-edited, and, yeah, the, we talked about this, but the balance of inserts and, you know, naturalistic shots... I loved. This is a little bit cinematography, but I loved the way it was lit. I liked all the neon. I think some critics thought that was a little gimmicky, but I thought it was like a cool movie. And like the neon, like was I, like a cool. I think
1: aesthetically it was cool because it also reflected like games are very colorful, uh-huh. you know. And New York is a colorful environment. Right. I found it after a while. It's like no way can they keep constantly going to places that are ironically coincidentally. Neon lit. Lit
2: in blue neon. neon. Yeah.
1: They're, they're going down a highway, but I'm pretty sure it's not neon. You right. Know?
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought it was like, a, overall, the movie was like pretty cool, I thought. Well,
1: it,
0: it, it separates enough that it's dystopian. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's the main thing. Like, I, what do you go with? Do you pick the blue of the Matrix or the green of the Matrix? Uh, or, you know, there's, there's, a, you can make it orangey, but then that's too warm. This, uh, In some ways, right? The neon it makes their faces look sickly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's what they are—they're consumed by this game, so they are a little bit sick in the head, if you will. Yeah. Um, So I I, I did enjoy that side of it.
1: There, there was one scene that I actually did enjoy—that whole carousel scene because it wasn't neon. It was actually well. I remember thinking this is very well lit because it's soft, warm white colors, and they're having an actual moment of them like getting real and learning about each other, and it was all lit by the carousel. Like, yeah. yeah, I like that look too.
0: Speaking of, uh, I, you know, we forgot to talk about the mom, but I, I, although she didn't have the biggest role in it, I like that side of it. It's like, why is my daughter getting all this money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, you sort of forget that side of it, and it could have been very easily uh, brushed aside. But yeah, there's a side to it, you know, especially at that age, you have a joint account. And so if money's being dumped in, <laughs> and yeah. as Tommy tells her, like, well, is money being stolen? Oh, okay, it's V's new job. Right. But then that's, it makes the mom panic. Like, is she a stripper? Like, what, <laughs> what the hell's going on?
1: It was
2: definitely an added layer of suspense. Like, they could have just had a reveal where all of a sudden she sees V on TV. But instead, like any good thriller, there's little nuggets more and more that get the characters involved in this whirlwind. And so, yeah, this script works. Them. definitely. Yeah. I
1: like the fact that, I mean, Juliet, Lewis says say she's a very talented actress in herself as well, but the fact that, like, we did have a parental kind of person who knew about this game, but wasn't sure what to do with it yet, so we did have, like, two generations of the game who, like, enjoys the game and actually watches it, and then someone from, like, the older perspective, like, hey, this is actually dangerous. So, like, always telling the audience, like, hey, this is a really bad game, we should shut it down. Yeah.
0: Um, Absolutely. Uh, in, in terms of the promotion, you opened up Jeff with talking about Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that was uh, if, if, if that was kind of any if you were hinting at what the promotion. I did. totally was because I'm that smart, you guys. Well, uh, they they gave away promo codes at Pokestops for this movie, which is uh, talk about is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but it's a smart marketing campaign nonetheless. And if you don't know what Pokemon is or po- Pokemon Go, you are under a rock. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe if you're watching this like a year from now in 2017 or further than than that and Pokemon Go is no longer a thing, you, you, you've you missed nothing.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm too busy playing Nerve. Oh, wait. Does it actually exist? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but what, what do you guys think of that? As a Obviously, it's a very smart tactic, but... It's kind of fascinating to me. Is it counterintuitive to what the movie actually is?
1: No, I think it's. I think it's smart because again, this movie's timely and Pokemon Go is timely right now, and that's towards the demographic people are going to be on Pokemon Go. So you might as well also use that platform to help promote a movie that's pretty much the same thing. Like it is a scavenger hunt. People have fun. People do dangerous things and fall down cliffs and go past boundaries that they shouldn't because of stupid games like this and Pokemon Go. Not that I'm calling Pokemon Go stupid, but, like, people do stupid things me, it's stupid. for this kind of news.
0: I just laugh at everyone for but having... But people it, go you
1: know? above and beyond what they should and, like, out of... and go dangerous lengths for something as trivial as games. Right. I mean, you Gotta it's,
0: catch that Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. There was a, a Jigglypuff in the woods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's interesting. It's, like, a... Um, kind of a meta-commentary on what the movie actually is. That, like... To kind of maximize their marketing, they actually exploited the industry of, like, virality. Like, that was, like, <laughs> I, that's very interesting to me. But
0: in some ways, those are the people you got to convert, so why not do it? Yeah, you're teaching them. And, and get, them, get them, you know, hook them, get them to see this movie, and hopefully then they'll, they'll change. And then teach them. hmm Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, Did you
2: guys think this movie was mo-
0: well-promoted pre, like... i didn't know what the hell this damn thing was
2: yeah i saw a trailer for it when i went to go see keanu
0: but besides that i didn't see a single poster i didn't see anything i mean i i think i think emma and dave and the rest of the cast apart from emily mead who is not on instagram yeah did a good job promoting it like they have a ton of posts on their social media about this movie i think they're very proud of it as they should be um but I don't think it got the, the mass promotion that, um, certainly not, you know, for, for a Lionsgate movie, like, you talk about Hunger Games, like, think of all the billboards that thing got. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, that was something. a global
0: franchise. This was a $20 million movie. Right.
1: What do you think about it? Like, yeah, it didn't get the social media promotion that it could have gotten based on a movie that's about social media. Yeah. You, you think it would be everywhere, and it actually wasn't. I saw one trailer for it. I thought it looked good. And I was probably, probably going to go see it. And then you mentioned it, and and we were like, yeah, all right, uh, then maybe I should actually go see it. So, like, I knew about the film.
0: I I think it could have been a a very creative, counterintuitive type of promotion where they could have, I think, uh, come out with a game of some sorts that led you to this in in a weird way. And yes, again, that's that's sort of money and things like that involved with it, but I think certainly cheaper than what most people spend on promotion. Yeah. Yeah. and it could have been a fun way to do it. So I, wonder, I, there. I wonder if the studio is nervous about this movie. I don't know. I mean, like. I mean, it's a standalone bit. It's not going to be a franchise movie. They're not going to dump that much money into it. Right. Um, but, you know, I think they're happy with it. It's not like they hate it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they have to conserve in some way. Yeah, absolutely. They got to make Hunger Games 12. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Divergent 19. Mm. Oh, my God. Anyway. Uh, so box office overall as of now Worldwide 31 million So not bad um, I do want more people to go see it I literally saw this thing on a Saturday And I was the only person in the wow. theater Where would you see it? Arclight In Which, Hollywood? No
2: Which one?
1: It doesn't Sorry, matter I, I, I went <laughs> to see the it Universal City
2: my, studio was, or my theater was packed But okay. I guess it was a couple weekends ago yeah,
1: I saw it on a Saturday But I mean there was a few people wasn't fully packed but I went at a normal time on a Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: All young people, though. Like That's I didn't. True. I didn't see adults. I saw all probably 30, 20 teenagers.
0: Hmm. I think it's got enough art house clout to be popular with yes. snobby critics. I really do. And I know, I mean, there's a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, so um, you could see that not being 100% the case. But I think, I don't know, it's got a style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some sort of, you know, this is a huge leap, um, but like a one-car-wide type of movie, Mm. where it's just like style. It was very stylistic in a very mainstream way, but cool.
2: Like, it's, yeah, some critics loved it. I think Kyle um, Smith in the New York Post said it was like his favorite thriller of the year. And then some Mm. hated it, which is interesting. It didn't seem like an extremely polarizing movie to me, but I guess, yeah,
0: some critics really
2: had a problem with it.
0: Um, audiences gave it an A-minus, though, on Cinema Score. so...
1: Not surprised. It's higher than Suicide Squad. (laughs)
0: Yes, it is.
2: I would also think this is the kind of movie that has a lot of, like, play-on-TV replay value. Like, MTV could screen this. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It's already PG-13, so you don't have to really edit for content. MTV's latest show. I know. show. Yeah. Nerve. Seriously, and then back-to-back
1: like, back of Catfish.
2: I think this movie's going to have kind of a culty shelf life because it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of a special movie. And it's already, I think, I think it's the kind of thing a parent could easily buy as a DVD for their kid around Christmas. Like, that was Pitch Perfect two years ago. Mm. was like, hey, Cannon was shocked to see that the whole entire display was sold out at Target. I wouldn't be surprised if this was maybe a similar kind of movie that catches fire. Huh? Would you
1: buy this film?
2: You know, I would happily watch it if it were on FX one night.
1: <laughs> so, but you wouldn't buy it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really necessarily one to. Well,
1: Jeff not. doesn't like to pay. I like <laughs> to pay
2: for things. Um, so if millennial. you stream it on your
0: Periscope, Jeff will watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So if on the dark
2: web, I could find it somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would want to see it again. Talking about it even has gotten me excited. I saw it two weeks ago. Yeah, I so.
1: definitely think you can definitely rewatch this film. Yeah, rewatchability is there.
0: Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. But I do think there, there's something cool to seeing it in a theater um, because it does become that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't, I don't know if you can 100% replicate that Probably. in your house. Yeah, that's true. On an iPhone or a tablet. Yeah. Um, All right. So there you have it. Final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Final thoughts, starting with you, Marissa.
1: Entertaining. And surprisingly entertaining because I didn't expect to really enjoy the movie as much as I did. Okay. I cool. thought it was fresh and but yet something believable in today's time Mm -hmm.
2: agree i think we've covered it pretty thoroughly but yeah charmed by the performances charmed by the script i liked the currency the current element of it and i believed it i felt like the movie rang with a lot of truth
0: i I did enjoy it a lot too Uh, i'm curious for those of you watching let us know your guys opinions but what did you guys think about the ending um, I think that's if, – if there's any criticism, I think that's the thing that takes the most criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what you guys thought of it or if you had – if you have better suggestions on how it should have ended, I think that would be interesting to s- hear from you guys. Yeah. And then, of course, why take my direction on it? Just comment what you want. Yeah, please do. Um, but I, th- I thought it was a it, it's a – it's a movie that sparks discussion – um, so even if the movie itself wasn't the greatest, I think it was good enough. But even if it wasn't, uh, the conversation that's sparking, I think, is is good and, and well-deserved. So there you have it. Another anatomy of a movie complete. Um, oh, I was like, where is that? <laughs> um, that is our outro music for today. I don't even remember this music in the movie. It's the very end. Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. V and Dave
2: Franco walk off into a sunlit New York City. Oh, that's what this is. For. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I believe. Um, yeah, because they're in the morning.
0: Went
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, she went to Cal Arts. She goes
0: Cal Arts. Yeah, she accepts. At Serafini TV. That's right. Yeah. At Jeff C. R- Jeffrey C. Graham. <laughs> Isn't it? There's one version of a Jeff
2: C. Graham on Instagram. My no? handles are like each one letter off, and it just is so confusing. I apologize. How are you supposed to get followers? If I know. You- See, I'm not as obsessed with social media as the whores in this film. Just kidding. <laughs> social media whores. Gosh, that was a way to just kill the entire show. You're welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, dear Lord, Jeff. You're doing so well.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, tipped at the finish line. literally
0: okay so it, 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 if there was that arrow remember they had all the indications of where, yeah. where in the city was you Yours go. just yours just went down <laughs> <laughs> you just died at
2: the very end
0: um all right thank you guys once again for joining us um, we'll be doing sauces party next week beats dragon we just did suicide squad um I'm trying to think uh, uh this also kind of reminds me of Lucy. So, uh, you know, check that movie out. Ex Machina, I guess, is somewhat in the the same vein. Uh, Marissa mentioned we covered a lot of Dave Franco movies. That is true. So, whether Neighbors 2, definitely check it out. Um, And that's about it. You know, just come back. That's all we're saying, essentially. So, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time on another Anatomy of a Movie.